What's up, guys? It is now Thursday, or when you're listening to this, probably Friday. So it's the last chance to get in those WGT closest to the whole scores. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's called World Golf Tour, and it's one of the best golf apps out there on the market to compete in this competition for the chance to win free DNVR shirts or gift cards to local restaurants. All you have to do is go to freewgt.com and download the game. Again, that's free. WGT.com. You have to download it from there to be able to compete. Once you've done that, go into the game, go to the closest to the hole challenge, and we're picking a hole every single week that we're competing on. And this week, it's Kiowa Island, hole number six. That is the sixth hole of the challenge, not actual hole number six because they do them out of order. It's the sixth hole that you play. And from there, just get it as close as you can. Whoever gets the closest will win the weekly prize. That is the shirt or a gift card. To send in your score, just take a screenshot after you've played the hole with your distance from the hole. Send it in either adding us on Twitter or to info at thednvr.com. I've seen some pretty good scores out there, so you're going to want to get it close to win the week. However, even if you don't win the week, even if you can't get it that close, still send your scores in because at the end of all of this, we'll be doing a grand prize raffle drawing and every week you enter, you get another raffle ticket. The winners will get either AVS tickets or if you're out of state, you'll win a jersey of your choice. That's a big, awesome prize and I cannot recommend it enough. If I had the opportunity to win a free jersey of my choice, I would be all over it. So once again, freewgt.com to download closest to the hole, Kiowa Island, hole number six. Go out there, knock it in the hole, win yourself a free DNVR shirt. Let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can use their express checkout to be in and out in minutes, and you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. AJ was at the game out in Minnesota tonight, so joining me on the pod is Evan Rowell. We're here to talk about a game that's outside of one player for the Avs was a bit on the brutal side. Yeah, I just got done washing my eyes out just to uh, clean them <laughs> out after watching that game. Yeah, it was that was rough. That first period especially was brutal. Um, kind of expected it. Fifth game of a road trip. They're headed home. I mean, I think everyone could have seen this coming. Well, I said they'd probably win, so I have to eat my words on that one. Well, okay. Everyone but you. But, <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, that's that's kind of been their issue. This, I think it was the St. Louis game was the last game of the road trip. 
uh, back in October. So I kind of felt like this was a, a bit of a letdown game, and that's not a good wild team, but they have been playing better lately and pretty good at home. So uh, it made sense, and the Avs just, they're outside of Makar. Everyone looked kind of dead on the ice there. So not a huge surprise, disappointing, but three and two road trip, you're going to take it with how many guys they're missing. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to Makar in a bit, but given all the injuries they had, given the facts that they were at the end of this five game road trip, the fact that this game was as close as it was, honestly, I think it speaks to how bad Minnesota actually is. Yeah, this should have been, uh, I think teams kind of look at these games where team, I guess the other team's been on the road for a while and they try to take advantage of it. And uh, it was zero zero as boring. And as that first period was, and as you know, as it seemed like the majority of the play for the last 10 minutes was in the abs end, it was zero zero. So the abs had their chance and the wild just let them stay in it. And even with the empty net, it was like, Oh my God, this team does not want to win this game. They could not figure out how to put it in. So, uh, yeah, it did, it did feel like the Avs, even playing not very well, had every chance to win this game, which says a lot about just what's going on up there in Minnesota. So I haven't read your grades yet. I wanted to get your take on who you think struggled the worst in this game. Um, to me, I thought the two guys, well, you know, I, it's tough because Gerard had the glaring giveaway on the second goal, but I thought yeah. Kadri really struggled all night, which is weird because his, his possession numbers were strong, but I just, I did not like his game. I did not like the penalty early in the game. That was very blatant and in the offensive zone, and he's taken a lot of offensive zone penalties recently, which just can't happen. Uh, I thought he was somebody that struggled <laughs> outside of the face-off circle, obviously. Uh, but him and Gerard, Gerard is just, he's just in a rut right now, and he's trying to make the perfect play on pretty much everything and it's burning him. Uh, he had a guy on the wall there. It was Donskoy and he tried to sauce a backhand up the middle and it just got caught in legs and the rest is history. So he's just, he's struggling right now and the, the coaching staff cut his ice time at the end of the game. So uh, I think those, those are two guys that really struggled tonight. We did see, about halfway through this game, the Avs did start moving Gerard away from EJ. They still took some shifts together, but he got that assist on one Makar goal. He was also regularly taking shifts with Makar, and some of that is the Avs trailing for most of the game. But he still struggled even away from EJ. So where? how do the Avs manage this? How do they look to get him his confidence back? Well, I really think, I, and I talked about it in the mailbag the other day, that Teams are really focusing in on him. And, you know, a lot of these turnovers he's had of late have been because they're sending multiple guys at him. That was not the case tonight with that goal. It was just him trying to be too fancy. I think the big thing, he he likes to make the perfect play all the time. We see it in the offensive zone when he tries to make the extra pass too much. Uh, I think the big thing the staff has just got to get in his head is, you know, just make the simple play. Like if you have to chip it out, it is what it is. Uh, but that would be the big thing. I mean, he's been here for three years. It's easy to forget. He's still really young that young defensemen go through growing pains and that's the way it is. But I really do. The defense outside of Makar right now is very, very up and down. So I'm very much not opposed to them switching things up with the pairings. 
it's the thing with Gerard that I think I'm kind of noticing is, as you say, he always wants to make the perfect play. When he's moving the puck, he's always thinking offensively. He's not worrying about maintaining possession, things like that. With EJ, I think it's a real struggle because he basically cannot trust his partner to be in the correct position at all and to work on the breakout with him effectively. When you talk about it with guys like Makar, it's a bit of a different role for Sam because Makar is the one who's going to be told to go do the offensive stuff as the defenseman. So if it's Sam breaking it out, he's going to be back there alone. Yes, you would like to see better support from the forwards and things like that, but he just kind of needs to work on that decision-making a little bit. Yeah, and I, it, I f- we're really piling on Sam, but I think it's just because he set the bar so high those first two years that – you know, I, I'm pretty sure there's oh. statistics out there that he was one, if not the best, one of the best at breaking the puck out. Absolutely. In the NHL last year. So it's the reason we're being hard on him is because we know he's better than this. Yeah. And I mean, that's the tough part about this defense right now is outside of Makar, it's kind of a lot of guys who do you trust them to make the right play all the time with the puck? So who is the next best partner if it's not Makar? Because as much as the staff wants to put them together when, you know, they need a goal, you know, they pivoted pretty quick after training camp of keeping them together at all times. And I think it was because they don't trust the rest of the defensemen to move the puck uh, on their own. So uh, I would love to see them break up EJ and Gerard. I'm just not sure if they are fully committed to go with Gerard, McCarr, turn and burn, which I know everyone pretty much wants to see. Honestly, that sounds like a recipe for Connor Timmons to me, if you want someone else with breakout capabilities. Yeah, or Kelly Rosen. Just sure. They need somebody who can move the puck outside of, you know, if you're going to run this defense, you need another guy that's going to move the puck if you're going to spread those two apart or even put them together. And then moving on to the other side of things, again, save McCarr for a minute, but who was the best supporting cast tonight? I know... Very, very few players played well, but yeah, Burakovsky assisting on both of Makar's goals. McKinnon had an assist on one, kind of keeping their chemistry up. Is there any other positives here? Uh, I did like Comfer's game. Um, I thought he was pretty good. He had like seven shot attempts, so he was putting on that. He hit the post late. Um, I think when he's shooting, he's a lot better. He hasn't been shooting as much of late, so I liked his game. And he did really well in the face-off circle, too, which is not usual for him. So um, you got to take what you can get there. Uh, Burkowski to assists. Um, I, I, I made a note of it. I, I, he, he holds up. We've seen it. He's, he's very anti-one-timer. He had a chance at the end of the game to let it rip when the Wild were scrambling. And he just grabbed it, held on to it for half a second, and the Wild got in position, and they blocked the shot. So just a little nitpick I have with him, but... What is that? Twenty points now in twenty-two games. How do you how do you argue with that? Um, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of good supporting cast. I I didn't mind Z tonight. I thought he was fine. Uh, nothing spectacular. But outside of Makar, that was just kind of the thing. Everyone else on D was just kind of blah. Yeah, and the I forward think, core. Well, we can talk ahead. about Grubauer too. I thought he was good. Yeah, no, he was good. He was very good in the first, good enough in the second. You can't really blame either goal on him there. And then, yeah, the the third goal stinks a little bit, but even the third one came off of defensive struggles. Yeah, and he made a ridiculous save on the first shot. 
which right. I don't know if he just assumed it went in the net or what happened yeah. there, but I, he definitely didn't know where it was. My my initial thought was he he stood up and acted like, oh, that was a goal for sure. Yeah. And then, well, I'm sure he heard the crowd celebrate too, and he's like, what happened? Oh, it's in yeah. the net. Oh, okay. Now it's definitely in the net. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so a bit unfortunate there. And honestly, that was just kind of the way this game was going for the Avs too. They had two posts in it. You mentioned the one. Makar hit one as well and then immediately scored 30 seconds later. But uh, just it was just a tough night. They were playing poorly and not getting the bounces. Yeah, it just felt like a game where the Wild tried to give it every, give them every chance to and the Avs just didn't have their A game. And it's it happens, and you know it happens at the end of the road trip. But you know it sucks to lose to a team that's just not good. But you know they've beaten some teams on this road trip. I didn't really expect them to beat, so you got to take it. Yeah, six out of ten points on the road trip, you take it. But losing to the Wild still makes me want to drink. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Today, we're sipping on the Colorado Core, which I'm told is Evan's favorite beer from them. So put another one down. We got AJ with the Strawberry Sky, Evan with the Colorado Core, me with just all of the beers all the time forever. Just a smooth, easy drink. There you go. Smooth and easy. It's got that apple-y flavor. It almost tastes a bit like a cider instead of a beer. And if that's your thing, then go out there, go find it, go get it, because it's honestly just delicious. You can find it in your local Davidson's or any other liquor store for that matter. And also keep an eye out on thednbr.com for the Breckenridge event calendar. It looked like it was an awesome time tonight for all the people who went out to the Nuggets live podcast. There were a ton of people there having Breck Brew. The next event is the Nuggets tailgate, where you can get free Breck Brew Get on that. Free Breck Brew is the best kind of Breck Brew. We will be back in the second period to talk about superhero Kale McCarr. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's Evan. We are still running our competition to try and win that year of Breckenridge Brewery. My code is Rudo. His code is Raul, R-A-W-A-L. It would help us out a ton if you are are thinking of signing up for an annual membership anyway, throw one of those codes in the promo code. I'll tell you what, if you can prove that you use my code and we win it, I will happily share my Breckenridge brew with any of you. What a nice guy. (laughs) Back into the game though. If Minnesota makes me want to drink kale McCarr, I will drink too any day of the week because The kid is just breaking the NHL right now. Two goals in this game, one of which was disgusting, by the way. I think you can count the defenseman that can score that second goal of his in this game on one hand. (laughs) He's 22 games into his regular season career. And what hasn't he done at this point, Evan? Yeah, we're running out of uh, superlatives to use here with how good he's been. I think that's the right word. I I felt like I sounded smart saying that word. So sounds uh, right. <laughs> it's it's insane. Uh, what's going on right now is just. I think Boudreaux said it best after the game. He said, "I, I wish I was his agent because he's going to be a rich man very soon," and he is just unstoppable. He could have very easily had a hat trick tonight, and it would have just been like, oh. You know, it's just what he's been doing lately. It's just becoming the new normal. 
par for the course for the kid. It's it's insane. It uh, so we've talked about the college ball eventually coming, likely coming for him. Does tonight give you any good confidence against that? Considering, hey, look, this was a five game road trip where every other AB on the team looked gassed, and he was just running and gunning. Yeah, the one thing I would say is that the Avs have done a pretty good job of managing his ice time. So he's not, tonight he played almost 25 minutes, but that's not been the normal thing. So I wonder if that's, they're planning ahead uh, in that case, just maybe what they can get out of him right now and, you know, plan ahead for when he, because he's going to hit the wall at some point. It's just everybody hits that wall when they're coming out of college. So, um, you just I, the thing that I like is he's getting more comfortable on the power play, and that's where he did not look very, very comfortable at the start of the year. So it just adds another dimension. And when Miko and Landy come back, it's just going to be hopefully a lot better than what it was before. Yeah, you have to hope so. It, the The reality is Landy's going to be out for a while, but from the sound of it everyone else should be close yeah so uh i snuck by family sports today uh got a peek i waited there for a couple hours because i knew that somebody was going to get on the ice and sure enough uh colin wilson and miko got out there with sean allard the skills coach and wilson mainly just did a lot of conditioning uh skated out there for 30 minutes he didn't do a lot with the puck so I don't know if that was his maybe his first time on the ice or not. We'll figure that out. I'm sure we'll ask Bednar about that. But Miko stayed out there for at least an hour, and uh, he looked pretty good. He's doing a lot of puck work. He was testing out that leg pretty frequently. And, I mean, based on what I saw and what Bednar said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in. Uh, I don't think he's going to play Saturday because they're not really going to practice. It's an optional practice tomorrow. And But – if he played Wednesday, it wouldn't totally surprise me because the Avs are going to have a couple days to practice next week. So he's close, and uh, you know maybe that'll eliminate the idea of seeing TJ Tynan so much down the stretch of a game. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. He played nine minutes tonight while guys like Vlad Kamenev and Logan O'Connor played less than seven. I have a theory about it, but I'm curious what your thoughts are first. Well, is your theory that Bednar knows him and trusts him? No. I mean, it's part of it, but no, that's not my main thought. Yeah, and I I don't – he's very much 100% all the time. He's flying around the ice, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But I'm just at a loss as what they're doing with Kamenev. Like, they didn't want to waive him at the start of the year. They play him because they have to play him now, but they just don't play him a lot. And he played less than all of those AHL guys tonight. And – Despite his production, he scores the game-winning goal a game ago, and he just and, – and I don't think he had a great game tonight by any means, but when you're looking for offense down the stretch, why don't you try a guy who has produced in the little ice time he's gotten? So the whole thing just didn't make a lot of sense, and all those other three AHL guys took penalties tonight, and he did not, and he still managed to play less than them. So just a little confused as to what's going on there. Yeah, I'm with you in the idea that I think he absolutely should be playing more and certainly more than Jason Megna and TJ Tynan. 
the reason I don't think he is, is no fault of his own. It's because the Avs see him as a strictly center. I don't think Bednar's playing him on the wing at all. And what ends up happening in these games when the Avs are trailing is they just double shift McKinnon all the time. It ends up moving all the centers down the list. And Kamenev is basically like knocked off the roster at that point. Well, the thing tonight is you look at, they had put Donskoy, Comfer, and Tynan together. You Comfer's played wing most of this year. They could easily put Kamenev up there. So um, They could, and I, they should, but it's just not what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, they, they didn't lose the game because TJ Tynan played 10 minutes or Kamenev played 6 minutes. It's because their big guys generally were pretty quiet outside of Makar. So it's just a little nitpicky thing I have and I'm just not sure what the plan is here and they've made they could have easily waived him at the start of the year they just made the decision to carry 14 forwards and and now they when he's in there they just don't play him so it doesn't make a ton of sense to me I, I get that he's a center but the last 10 minutes of the third period when you're trying to come down you know I feel like you just got to put your best offensive players out there it's we'll see when Rantanen comes back, right? Because Rantanen will play on the wing. If Kamenev is sitting to allow players like Magna and Tynan to continue being in the lineup, that's a problem. Yeah, and that would say a lot about what they think of him, whether it's yep. right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's. I do. I do think ultimately it's going to be hard to fit Kamenev on the roster going forward after this season, anyway. But. Why not let him play when he's a more effective player than some of the other things you have out there? And if he's playing well, great. You can end up getting some value for him. Yeah, you've got, I mean, Tynan has played as good as he is in the AHL. He's got, what, 10 NHL games with no points. Duchushkin yep. hasn't scored since, you know, whatever, the Obama administration. <laughs> so it's just been a long time, and they've got a, guy, a lot of guys in the top nine who just aren't scoring or aren't producing. Um, not that they're not that Nachushkin has played poorly, but you know you need offense in the last ten minutes of a game when you're losing. So, just uh, you know, just something to think about and something that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, and you know, it's hard with all the injuries the Abs have. They don't have a ton of choices. It's disappointing that Kamenev didn't get more ice time, but. It's unavoidable that you're going to end up with someone on your third line, someone in your top six that just shouldn't be there yeah and the reality is in a week we're hopefully not talking about this because joe sounds close and i think miko is going to be pretty close so that'll knock a couple guys out and then you know the pecking order is kind of looking a lot better at that point right exactly so hopefully all of those issues as well as the abs have been managing them should start to be cleaned up a little bit circling back to Kale McCarr, though, what do the Avs need to do to continue getting the most out of him here? We've seen him play great with Gerard. We've talked about how the Avs don't love to use that pairing. Can you put McCarr with Johnson, and will you still get this unbelievably good Kale McCarr? I think you will. Um, you know, they put him with Graves, and a lot, and you know, obviously his. The numbers of them together are good, but I think it has a lot more to do with Makar figuring out that he <laughs> can just do whatever he wants out there than what Graves is doing. So, um, 
I still think down the line that him and Zadorov would work. It's just at the start of the year, they neither of them were playing very well, so it just looked awful. Um, and also great at times. They were a very up-and-down pairing, and I think that drove the coaches mad. So um, I think, honestly, EJ wouldn't be the worst partner for him. The problem is they're the only two right-handed guys on the defense. So right. um, And then, you know, is this where you say enter common Connor Timmons? I I hope so. I mean, I, I they've forced EJ to play to the left side before at times, but never for an extended stretch. So that's probably not something they're super interested in. I think but, he could do it. I mean, yeah. And and at that point, you know, Gerard has played the right side. Now I've always wanted to see Gerard and Zadorov play together and see what that would look like. But um. Yeah, I don't know what other options they have at this point, but yeah. I think Makar, I'm not sure it matters who his partner is. He's just, he's realized how good he is and what he's capable of and what, what he can do at this level. And it's, you know, good luck to the rest of the NHL. Well, it's it's safe to say Makar is already the top dog on this defense. And if you're looking for a top dog electrician, Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983. Through a commitment to customer service and team performance, Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. Before we wrap up this second period, I did want to touch on that power play. Obviously, McCarr looked fantastic on it tonight. He used that space that the Wild gave him extremely effectively that's going to help the power play woes the Avs have been battling on and off through this stretch. But I still want to see more out of the forwards. And I think it should come, right? Because with McCarr walking in and doing things like that, it's going to force teams to defend him more and should open up space. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, you look at right before he scored, when he hit the post, he just, you know, he took what he they gave him. He just kept skating yep. in because they were trying to, Stop, stop the pass to McKinnon. So uh, that's just an elite player recognizing what he can do. So, I mean, the power play, I as good as Burakovsky has been, I really don't like him that much on the power play. Um, he just doesn't do the one thing he's good at, which is shoot on the power play. Yeah, he's picked up a bunch of secondary assists, and that's fine, but I just I don't like him in that spot very much, and I very much miss Miko, so... Uh, when he comes back, obviously things are going to look better. But um, yeah, I mean, the power play just in general has been, they didn't give him very many chances tonight, but uh, the skill is there to be elite and it's just not a lot of nights. So, yeah, you know, I, I getting well, everyone back obviously will help, but I think McCarr realizing that he's take he can take as much space as he wants is, you know, that's going to take it to another level. It's definitely key for that top unit. The thing with Burakovsky, once they get healthy, right, we talked about this in the preseason. With Burr, you can set up the second unit around him and just feed him shots. Right now on that top unit, a lot of it is, oh, defer to everybody else. 
Yeah, and and even tonight, you could see McKinnon was deferring to McCarr, so I think they yep. kind of realized McCarr was the big dog tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, Burkowski, when everyone's healthy, he's not going to be on the top unit. Um, and he was doing well on the second unit, so uh, he would obviously be better being the trigger man and just being told to shoot the puck. So I can see why he is tentative to do that, because when McKinnon's out there, you want to feed him the, the puck as much as possible. So uh, it's just... This is what happens with injuries. Guys are put in spots that maybe they're not best at, and the Avs are basically doing the best they can to stay above water, and they're doing pretty well just because guys like him have stepped up. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up there. The Avs and Wild are now 1-1 one and one on the season, so the next game they play will be the rubber match, and we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, snowplow blades, and even custom hoses. And guess what? Those snowplow blades, you're going to need them. There's even a little bit of snow on the ground right now as we record this podcast, and there's just going to be more as we move towards the winter season. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a while back and they really are awesome about this stuff. They can make just about anything, any size, shape, whatever you need out of rubber, ranging from those snowplow blades, you can stuff that goes into bulletproof vests and actually just stops bullets or even pieces that make up the inside of a wind turbine. And it's just awesome material. Like the stuff is really cool. I highly recommend you check it out. If you haven't seen stuff like that before DRC custom makes it all and you can purchase products for yourself. And of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. So be sure to call them today for your snowplow needs or any other project, whether it's those custom gaskets or hoses or whatever. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm still Rudo. He's still Evan. Do you, you go by Evan, right? You like that name? Yeah. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Didn't want to be calling you the wrong thing. You never know. I asked AJ on the live show the other day about Jared Bednar. And because, frankly, I don't want to talk about this wild game anymore because it was a little rough around the edges. And that wasn't a surprise, as we've talked about. What? Where does Jared Bednar stand? How about we put it that way? As a coach with the Avalanche, on the one hand, he's still below 500 because of that first season. On the other, he's taken this team to the playoffs twice and has, in my opinion, grown every single season as an NHL head coach. Yeah, I think he's in he's in a good place right now. He's got the team five on five. I think things are going very well for this team. Uh, obviously, we've talked about it. The special teams need some work. Um, Bednar has mentioned before that he tends to not touch that stuff. He leaves it up to the assistant coaches. He, he mentioned that the other day with the penalty kill that, you know, that's Nolan Pratt's baby. He, he leaves it up to them. I don't know if maybe they need to kind of figure some things out uh, on the special teams, but 
five on five, this team's playing when they're healthy. They were playing really well. Uh, all the processes were there that you want to see. So um, I feel like, you know, last year, outside of when the goaltenders forgot how to be goalies, uh, things were going really well last year too. So I, I feel like he is getting better every year. The one thing he's been really good at is taking advantage of, you know, offensive zone faceoffs, defensive zone faceoffs, so putting the right guys out there that should be out there. And it led to a goal tonight. So that's just good coaching uh, and, you know, just stuff that, you know, coaches need to take advantage of. Absolutely. And AJ and I gave him a lot of credit for finding solutions to this forward core. Obviously it didn't work out tonight in Minnesota, but to get this team back on the winning track, finding things like Calvert on the top line, eventually rolling that into McKinnon and Burakovsky's positive connection He, unlike what's happening in Toronto with Mike Babcock getting fired because he refused to allow Tyson Berry to play the way that he can, Bednar has been adaptable and has adjusted and found ways to make it work. Yeah, well, you remember Bednar's first year, him and Berry, it it just seemed like he had him on a leash and, you know, Berry was not playing the way that he should have been playing. You know, it seemed like after that, Bednar realized, you know, this guy needs to be let loose. And I think that maybe went a long way uh, into what we're seeing now. Like with Makar, he just, he's letting him, he's letting him go. I mean, that guy's leading the rush most, a lot of the times at five on five. So uh, you need to let your skill guys be skilled for the most part. He's letting everyone do that. Uh, you don't need McKinnon taking defensive zone faceoffs. You need, you put him out there when it's in the offensive zone, you put him in a position that, they can best help the team, and that's what he's doing. And really, at, at this point, it's just been a matter of keeping their head above water with all these injuries. And the fact that they've been able to do that is really, you know, it's a testament to how how good of a coach he is, and 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 the way that he's got everyone buying in is, I guess, the big thing. Because after four years, you know, or after three years, a lot of coaches, you know, they start to lose the team a little bit, and it doesn't seem like that's the case here. Certainly, Wah did after about three years. <laughs> yeah, I, it 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 just happens to every coach, and I think it's just because he's a player's coach. He's not going to yell at you. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna take in what you're what you're saying, and he's gonna, if he has to adapt, he'll adapt. And the players respect that, and I think they enjoy playing for him. All right, let's. If this is way too early, and understand, I'm asking you that with that in mind. But let's do a way too early NHL awards show real quick. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's do it. Kale, Mc- Kale McCarr's getting the call there. And there's not even a conversation there. Uh, Yeah, there's not a conversation. I was going to try Jay- to come up with one, but I can't. There, it, There isn't. Who are the finalists, the other finalists? Uh, I love Martin Nekash. Nekash, sure. He's, yeah. he's kind of taking off there. He just reminds me of a young Jason Spezzo a lot, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he was Capo Caco's kind of taken off over the last couple games. I think is over the last seven or eight games, he's almost a point per game. So um, I think it's so early. I think he'll kind of take off here in the next little bit and make himself in the conversation. But at this point, no one's taken down Kale. Yeah, I mean, I think as for it being way too early, if there was one that you could safely bet on, it might be the Calder right now. Yeah, and he's. He just tore up Canada, and that gets half their votes. So there right, you go. Exactly. He's got the Canada vote. He's looked great on 
Hockey Night in Canada for assists in that game. So, well, yeah, is, is the game on Saturday in Hockey Night in Canada? If he scores there against the Toronto crew, then, you know. That's true. Forget it. Yeah. Just engrave his name on that thing right now. <laughs> Next up, the Norris. If you had to give it right now, it's John Carlson, right? Yeah, it's John Carlson. And, I mean, he's just doing something that nobody's done in a long Literally. time. It's been almost 30 years since someone's been on that pace. So, Yeah, it's tough to, that, tough to say anyone else there. It's truly a special thing. Is Makar a finalist right now? Uh, I guess I haven't looked at it too much. I saw NHL.com had Roman Yossi as a finalist, and I don't know if I yeah, would do he- that. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be, he was in the top five there, so I could see it. Um, I know it's kind of a joke here, but Miro Heiskanen probably is going to get a lot of votes for this thing too, because Dallas has really turned their season around and, uh, I love, I love his game too. So, um, and the other guy I would say is maybe cause it's a contractor. He's having a big year as Petrangelo is probably going to get some love for being just an older guy, but it's Carlson right now. And Makar is, I mean, the fact that Makar's name is even in there is ridiculous. It, it really is. No love for, Doug, love for Dougie Hamilton, huh? Uh, yeah, Hamilton's another guy. He's really good, too. So, And he's doing it on a really good team. I just don't know how much voters Stock pay attention to, to him or yeah, even Carolina like him with everything effect. that's happened. So, yeah, <laughs> Fair. I don't get a vote. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, there just seems to be like this negative energy about, around him that he can't escape. Yep. Next one, Jack Adams. Is Bednar in this conversation? He's get he was getting a little bit of hype managing the Avs through all those injuries. He is definitely in the conversation. Uh, this is usually the goaltender award whose goalies are tearing it up. It is. Um, I Barry Trotz won it last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Honestly, he might win it again because <laughs> how that team is winning and picking up points, I think 16 straight, that's ridiculous. He has awoken Derek Brazard from the grave. I thought that guy was done, and he's got 15 points in 19 games. It's just what they're doing there is pretty insane, but Bednar is absolutely in the mix with how many injuries they've had to deal with and how he's had two. He hasn't had his top line for a month now, and they're still well in a playoff spot no love for reardon in washington i mean i know that team's insane but first year coach yeah that's the weird thing about this thing is that the the teams that are always good just tend to get ignored yeah like that's John true Cooper with that just never wins it um even though they're not having as good a season if uh, it's not a goaltending award it is kind of a most improved team award a lot of the time <laughs> yeah and i mean even bruce cassidy could easily make his I think he was a finals last year. He could easily put his name in the hat there too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Bednar is definitely in the conversation. Uh, I would say I would put him in the top three right now just based off what he's had to deal with in terms of injuries. All right. I, you got to like that. One more award. I don't want to go through all of them, just the ones I think the Avs might have at least some kind of a case for. The Lady Ben. And that- well, I guess you could throw that one at Makar too, right? He's got zero penalty minutes. Yeah, that's the most prestigious award there is. <laughs> I don't know about that, but 
it's something. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time the Nav won one. I think Alexander Mogilny won it once, and he just didn't even show up, I think, is what happened. He's like, I don't want this. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, the one I was thinking of, though, was the GM of the Year award. And obviously, this will change drastically based on trades and the trade deadline and things like that. But looking at the offseason alone, Andre Burakovsky has been a great move. Donskoy has been extremely solid. Kadri has been, in my opinion, I think I like him more than a lot of people do. And then Belmar has been great in the bottom six as well. Yeah. He's got to be in that conversation, right? Yeah. And how is this award even voted on? Like, I, I don't even know how it's voted on, but uh, he is absolutely in the conversation because three of those guys are in the top five in the F scoring. And they're yeah. keep it, they're keeping they're doing their job to keep the abs above water with their other top two guys out. So um, he bought low. Well, I thought it was high at the time on Burakovsky, and it turns out it was low. Uh, he's hit the jackpot there. Donskoy has been a very good fit. Uh, the thing, I mean, he's obviously playing above his head right now, but I thought he looked like you know. A, we talk about the top six, maybe not having six top six players. I, he looks like a guy who could be, you know, your six best forward and you'd be fine. Um, and then Kadri, uh, I I love Kadri. He's going to have these games like tonight where, he, I mean, he's going to take his penalties. You got to live with those. But he just changes the dynamic of the, the roster. And he's the guy who has been severely burned by all these injuries because he has no consistent line mates. He's playing with a guy who scored zero goals and Nachushkin and then I think Confer who has two goals. So um, he just doesn't have any consistency with his line mates and he's still producing I think 15 points in 22 games. So, uh, and then you got Belmar who's just, you know, he's done going, gone about his business and he's adding more offense than you could have ever really expected to be honest. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, and the Avs have a lot of hype around them right now. So I think Sakic is definitely the leader for the GM of the year award. Gotta love it. I'm tempted to throw the heart on there, but there's just no way anyone but Connor McDavid is winning that thing. So Yeah, I think McKinnon's gonna get a lot of votes for that though. I think he'll probably get a lot of votes, but how can you beat McDavid or Dry Saddle this yeah. year? I mean, yeah, they're I, doing stupid stuff. You're not and I mean then you got Pasternak who was scoring at a crazy pace. So um I think it, yeah, McDavid is carrying that team on his back to with, with dry sidle they're carrying what 16 other players on the, into a playoff spot right now. All right. Yeah. Well, just something a little bit more fun than that last abs game to, to chat about there. Yeah. That was um, rough. I mean, yeah. Grubauer batting the puck in the air to, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe make some more saves to make it interesting. That was fun. <laughs> it's just Minnesota just plays such boring hockey, man. I don't know how else to put it. Well, it's just, they're stuck in the mushy middle all the time and that's fine. I'm fine with it because that means they're not getting a super high pick and (laughs) you know, unless they win the lottery, but it's just, there's no stars on that team. And it's just, I, I imagine the fans in Minnesota are getting pretty sick of it (laughs) and that's good too. Sure is anytime that Minnesota is struggling, I can get behind it. Final thoughts on the abs and we'll get out of here. Um, I would say, not the Avs, but we're putting out a lot of good content. I think AJ put out a hype piece today that was great. 
I, you know, I had the piece where I went and sleuthed around practice and got video of the guys that are injured skating. So um, we're doing a lot of good things here at DNVR and, you know, the Avs are making, making it fun to watch. So it's, you know, it's easy to put out good content. It really is. It's it's a fun season. The content is awesome, and it, it flows in. Couldn't recommend it more. As I said, one more time, we'll give the plug. Rudo or Raul, or in AJ's case, AJ. One yeah. of those codes to sign up helps us out a little bit, and the Avs coverage is certainly worth it, and I'm sure the Broncos, Nuggets, Rockies, anything you want for Denver sports, it's got you covered wall to wall. Yeah, those Nuggets guys are killing it. Like, yeah, they're killing it in the competition and they're killing it in terms of content, too. They're just putting out great stuff. So, um, yeah, not the most exciting game to talk about. So I figured I'd just hype up what we're doing at the website. The content is interesting, even in the games the abs are not. That's oh, yeah. going to do it for us. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll have the final show of the week for you sometime tomorrow. Probably get AJ's thoughts on things as well. Yeah, that's going to do it. That's the final buzzer of this one. We will talk to you then. You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience, a pretty rough hangover experience after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicines. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%.